Blog Talk Radio. Anyone charged with a criminal matter has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting that can ignore evidence and facts and determine matters as they see fit and conclude matters based on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? Good evening, everyone. We're back, and today's a rather sad day for all of us um, here on TS Radio Network. Um, we are all grieving and mourning the loss of Zena Crenshaw. Uh, she was a tremendous advocate, activist. She ran Option USA, where she was trying so hard to get justice in the justice system, among other things. She worked on many things, but... Our condolences go out to the family, uh, to everyone who knew her and was close to her. And um, with all respect, rest in peace, Zena. Rest in peace. You deserve it. Oh, goodness. Uh, What a way to start the day. Uh, We've got a lot going on here. I'm still waiting on uh, Marsha to come on. Uh, Joining me, of course, co-hosting is Kaz. Say hello, Kaz. Hello, everyone. Hey, and Reverend Ralph is with us also. Say hello, Reverend. Good evening, everyone, nation and international. There you go. Uh, By the way, we, as I understand it, are going to be featured again in an expose in Australia. Um, And I'm also looking at Ireland is uh, eyeballing us for some information. We'll see how that turns out. Um, this is, as we've tried to explain, this is a global plan in action. This is an eradication and obliteration of the elderly population, which are considered useless eaters. Apparently, we have worked enough, um, worked so much that we were able to retire, but now that we can't be taxed in most cases anymore, and we aren't holding down a job working 40, 60, 80 hours a week, um, they got no use for us, and we need to go that, and they've blown most of Social Security. And uh, one more person goes, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi. So is your insurance company. Get over it. But we paid into that 30, 40, 50 years to make sure that yeah. program was there so you did not have to take care of us when we got older. And now we're here to collect. And you don't want us to. You want to use that money, and many presidents have, starting with Johnson, who tapped it to fund the Vietnam War. And every president since has gotten into Social Security. Even with all of that, it still has never required any funding from the public to keep it solvent. It is still solvent. Uh, I keep having people bring up, oh, no, two years ago they had to borrow a billion and a half 
dollars to keep it null. That was for Title Four D child support recovery. That's where that billion and a half went. And that was for the federal government to buy access in the state. The federal government cannot bring anything that will cost the economy of a state any money. They cannot bring it into your state unless they pay funding. We call it bribery. And that's what this money was for. It gives the federal government access inside your state. And at which time, once they accept the funding, what happens is that they um, then implement what is openly called the business plan. And Title 40 is the business of child support recovery. And they are hanging people out to dry left and right over that one. It, it's, it's just an absolute mess. But anyway, here we are. And um, if you think this is ever going to end, I'm having days myself when I'm wondering if it ever will. We have exposed so much on these shows. We have gone to public meetings. We have spoken publicly. We have done other radio shows. We've had printed articles. We've heard, had books written. And it continues on. And I want to remind everyone of something. Every bit of this, everything that happens is happening directly under the nose of the federal and state governments, the legislators, the governors, the senators, the representatives. There is not one of these jackasses that does not know exactly what is going on. And yet they will not do a thing to stop it. Now, we've got some glory hogs out there, as I understand it, promising people, I can get you to Senator so-and-so, and and you can speak to them. Big freaking whoop. So you get to speak to them. And what came of that? Nothing. Or we get these fluff and buff bills. These bills where, uh, you know, oh, it's a new bill, and and it's going to change guardianship. No, it isn't. It does not mention the words professional guardian. It does not mention anything about the attorneys. Every one of these freaking bills that comes out is targeted towards community and family members and leaves these professional predators free to roam. There is not one bill, not one bill that calls these people out. So I'm real tired of people, and people saying to me, now, Marty, Marty, be nice, or they're going to retaliate. Well, first off, who's they? And second off, bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, You've tried to knock me out for 14 years. I'm still standing. And I'll be standing 14 years from now. Oh, yeah. So bring it on. Uh, Cause, of course, has joined me here the last three or four years. Been a tremendous help. And helped me keep this thing rolling as bigger it gets. But like I say, all this talk about your senators and your representatives and oh, so-and-so said they could get me to talk directly to this big damn deal. That wasted five minutes of your time, didn't it? And I said, and let me tell you what you heard. Oh, I'm really concerned about Well, I'm really going to have to look into this. Well, there's got to be something done about this. Uh, let me get right on this. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing. Nothing. Let me say it again. Nothing is going to happen. This is one of the biggest scams running in this country. Ten years ago, the elderly, people 60 and older, 
owns 63% of all the real wealth in this country. Got it? Ten years later, they own 23% of all the real wealth. The majority of that money that's missing, that estate that's missing, those assets that are missing, went right in the pocket of predatory guardians and their equally predatory attorneys. And if we don't get anything else done, if we don't bust up this bar association thing, there's a reason when they first did the Constitution, there was a um, amendment in there that anybody who was an attorney could not be a senator or representative. They couldn't be involved in the government because they've always been crooks. Amen. They're, they're crooks. They're, they're yeah. It, first people to break the law are those attorneys. And why they're roaming around free and you're not, I want to know. But anyway, that's just me. But here again tonight, we're going to be talking about New Mexico. And our guest has joined us, Marcia Southwick. Marcia, welcome to the show. Thanks. Can you hear me okay? Hey, Marcia. Okay. Yeah, Hi, I can yeah. hear you. I'm sorry. I, I was off on a rant there, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Marcia, you, you've been following things there in New Mexico. And I, when I read this promo, when you first sent it to me, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading, that these two women had had been embezzling funds from their clients, and yet they stood up and, and testified as, this is just, I'm telling you, these people aren't human. They're not human. Who does this? And attesting to what a wonderful system it was. Anyway, I need to shut up because I could really go off on another big tangent here. Go ahead, Marcia. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get you too upset, but what happened <laughs> was in, in 2007, you know, there was a whole, most people know this, but there was a whole series of articles in the Albuquerque Journal really exposing what was happening to families uh, who had actually gathered into a coalition and helped expose most of this treachery. And so the Supreme Court had, had a task force, a commission, where they heard testimony from uh, victims, victims' families, um, not victims, but the families, um, and from various people. And one of the people who came to testify on behalf of the professional guardianship industry in New Mexico was this woman named Sharon Moore. And I knew the after story, so I went back and listened to this testimony, right? Two months later, two months after the testimony, she was indicted for, for along with her partner, who was even a bigger owner. She was a 95% over the, uh, uh, owner of the company, they had embezzled $4 million, which turned out to be $11 million by the time they got done investigating. But anyway, so this is two months earlier. She's testifying on behalf of professional guardians, and she's saying that they follow the code of ethics to the, you know, to the nine day, uh, and that they get audited every year because one senator who's our I have to say there are a few good senators, and one of ours 
is Gerald E. Pino Ortiz, who has been working on this problem in our state for a very long time, and he's tried very, very hard. Not that he's gotten everything that we should get, but certainly I'm sure there are tons of abuses still around. But anyhow, so this lady actually has the nerve, after having robbed people with her partner for a decade, a decade and a thousand, uh, they had a thousand guardianships during that time, probably more, for her to get up and claim this um, and have the gall to even show up, I don't understand. I really don't. And I also don't know how she was chosen, whether she was chosen, whether she volunteered, I mean, I would love someone from New Mexico to call in who was there because I was really ill during this period, the, the really active period of New Mexico. I had cancer and was battling it for two or three years, so I didn't get a chance to I would have given my eye teeth to have witnessed this because it was just unbelievable. And at the same time, another company, around the same time, another company named Desert State Life Management, run by one guy named Paul Disenthorpe. He stole $4.8 million, $4. million from his clients, and I'm sure it's gone up since they've, you know, once they really start digging, they find more and more. So that means millions and millions and millions of dollars are stolen from New Mexico victims. And the thing that bothers me most, you brought up family guardians. The thing that bothers me most that people forget is that let's say a family, there are family members who rob their parents and, you know, leave them in closets and stuff like that. We've all heard these cases. But here's the deal. One professional guardian can rob a 1,000 people. Think about that. One person could, the damage that this, these people, uh, her, her name was uh, Susan Harris and Sharon Moore, and the judge in the case said, the damage that you have inflicted is just unbelievable to these families. They're destitute. They have nothing left. And you did that to these people. And what they did with the money, they bought like a fancy, a fancy house in Angel Fire, New Mexico, which is a resort area. They bought cars. They charged a hundred what 1.7 million on an American Express card and took cruises and vacations and they gave it to everybody in their family. I mean, it was the sickest thing I have uh, encountered. And yet, you know, I still don't think I, I just don't think the criminal uh, the criminal consequences are are strong enough in New Mexico unless. And see, I think what really got these people is that they were uh, they're they're uh, in the case of uh, Ayudando, it's called, which means helping. That's the name of the company, helping. Uh, um, and, yeah, do you believe that? Yeah, <laughs> in so their, funny. In their, I know. It's just insane. It's so the irony is just unbelievable in that case. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just. I just, I don't know. I, it was so upsetting. It was so very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and you know something, Marsha, I've heard these, 
there's two young representatives have uh, spouted off now about how uh, people should not be inheriting land and money and all of that because they didn't work for it. But they don't say a word about these professional predators who do just exactly what these two women did you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. say anything about them. And the That's downstream right. effect, I agree, the downstream effect on the family. Um, Unbelievable. Yes. When I was first in this, and after interviewing little Sarah Harvey, and I started really digging into this and seeing what was going on, what what shocked me was the number of people who were taking out second and third mortgages on their homes, spending their kids' oh, wow. uh, college funds, trying oh, to yeah. save mom or dad or whomever from these predators and couldn't do it. Attorneys yeah. who charged exorbitant, exorbitant fees. I read recently that all the major law firms across the country, 60% of them make their living uh, their money to keep running on a day-to-day basis off of guardianship and conservatorships. Now, what does that tell you? And oh, wow. I, I had one show. I did one show years ago. Uh, it was from Northern California, and the person that had done this was this guy named Tosh Yamamoto, who was the guardian. I don't even know if he's still in business, but he had listened oh, to two I of my shows. Yes, mm-hmm. and he and two of his employees charged the estate $200 an hour, I believe it was, to listen to my show per person, uh, to sit and listen oh. to my show. Yeah, and um, trying to nail the lady that they were after didn't work, but uh, yeah, charged oh, the estate my. that money. But we see stuff like this all the time, and I notice that none of these bills, Marcia, none of these meetings, none of these public hearings, none of ever touches on any of this stuff, of these outrageous fees and this nonsense that goes on that is nothing more than a way to siphon money off the estate. There are no caps. There are no guidelines. There are no boundaries. There are no restrictions. It's if you can find a way to suck money out of that estate, go for it. That's basically what it gets down to. I don't think, you know, New Mexico put forth, they had, they passed something like four bills since 2017, and they do help with things like hearings and bonding, and they open the courts up, and they they give access to court records to families and, and, and close associates, which they didn't used to do. Um, and they also improve the visitation law so that, Guardians can't restrict visitations for more than seven days without a court order. And they do have yearly audits now. They set up an auditor, a state auditor, and an annual report review division so that they really do try to look at them. But, but, and there's a, there's a grievance process that's easier. Um, but there's still things in there that just keep it, for example... You know, you're, you have the right uh, to your own attorney uh, if you've already got one. I think you can appoint one if you're incapacitated, but I'm not certain about that. But the point is the judge, can st- I just read this, can still say you, the person's too incapacitated is not in their best interest to be here at court. 
or to go to or oh, to, wow. to have a hearing. That there's always some darn loophole that allows yeah. the judge to still do it the old way. And yep. I just yeah. think, um, you know, and even though New Mexico is a uniform law commission state, they haven't adopted all of the, the laws. And, for example, there's nothing in there about how to stop a guardian from hiring an attorney from having the state, your state pay for an attorney to fight you if you want rest of yes. your rights. And, you know, they should, if the judge says, well, you know, there has been a change and this person should have either partial or, you know, full restoration of rights, then in UCOPA or the uniform law, you would, the, the, the guardian would have to pay for their own fees. They wouldn't receive fees. They couldn't get fees out of the, out of the estate. And the thing that's so good about that is it would stop a lot of this crap. If that were really the case, if people really implemented it, problem is you have all these laws, are they really going to do it? You know, putting, having theory and practice are just two different things. And, and yeah. you know, that's what's so discouraging to me is I do believe that laws are changing for the better. But I don't believe, for example, there, a lot of states are now saying you can't just bring hearsay to a court at a guardianship case. Well, you know, is that really going to be true? Who's going to make sure? Yeah. I mean, and who's going to make sure if the court appoints you an attorney to represent you? That's a change. I mean, that yeah. you know, all over the place, the ABA says the lawyer's job in a guardianship case now is to zealously advocate for that person's rights. But if they're one of these attorneys who's done this for years and makes money off of these cases, are they really going to do it? I just don't. I, you know, yeah. some days I feel hopeful, Marty. Some days I feel yeah. hopeful. And other days I just think no matter what anybody tries to do, they're going to find ways around it. And there's going to yep. be a lot of theft. And there's going to be a lot of bribing and just all this stuff that goes on. Well, that's. Excuse me. That's the most insidious part of this to me, is that they attack this individual, the person they're going to prey on, and then that person is forced to pay them to attack them. Yes, that's the worst. Uh, that, that is, is the, the worst. Most, most insidious. And then, well, you take the Britney Spears case. She had that Sam Ingram, which, you know, he's infamous for many things. Oh yeah. But he hired three litigators that she was having to pay for in case he had to go to court. It, wait a minute, you're I supposed did not to be an that. attorney. Yes. He had three he had litigators. litigators. Yes, that he had wow. hired attorneys who specialize in litigation. Well, you said you could represent her. Why are you hiring other people to do it? And this, I, I think, and I have to give her kudos for this that case blew this out of the water it, this is why it's getting the attention it has of course we've been trying yes. for 14 yeah. years to out this yeah but this this brought the attention wendy williams who is fighting oh, wells it. fargo over her own money they won't she let her have it. her own money and you'll find wells fargo is operative in a lot of these cases one of the first uh, other large cases after Sarah 
that I came across was that case of Dorothy Griega out in Washington State. Yeah. And Wells Fargo, she had $23 million all divvied up into these trusts. Wells Fargo helped transfer all that money over to another bank under phony names and no tax ID number, which I was one of the people that turned them in for it. Um, And the IRS did nothing. But they drained every one of her trust accounts. Yeah. They drained every one of her trust accounts. Yes, she was, was that under conservatorship, huh? Yes, yes. Wow. And uh, but they cleaned her clock in a big damn hurry. But we see this all over. One of the first things when I started looking into Florida, I saw you know here were these statutes, and it was in section four 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 period, and I think two two three, but I could be wrong about the last three numbers. But it read that you know you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. And if you did this or that, it was a crime. And then there were two asterisks. You go down to the two asterisks. Does not apply to professional guardians or attorneys. Oh, my And it goodness. was that way all through those statutes. Oh and I've looked goodness. for that and found that in other things. Now, another problem I have is I've noticed even here in the state of Georgia, probate is not a court of law. It is a tribunal. And it sets up its own rules, statutes, codes, and regulations. It does not operate under the law, the common law, nor the Constitution, nor you having any rights. But somehow, now, it is up under, uh, it's one of the wings of the Supreme Court of the state. I want to know how that can happen. It's not a court of law. And the excuse from the Supreme Court, uh, the federal Supreme Court, is we can't get involved because this is the control and property of the state. Okay. That's always the argument. Yeah, that's always it. Yeah. And so in the state, you have this tertiary system of whatever it is. I think it's just predation. And for some reason, because people were hollering, wait a minute, this isn't a court of law. You're, You're not doing right by these people. You're cheating them and you're lying to them and about them. And you're stealing everything from them. Now suddenly they're being quietly brought up under the protection of the Supreme Court of the state. Now, something is happening there. And I think that is in response to these uniform... Now, I'm personally, I've talked to Elaine about this and everything. I'm against these uniform laws because basically what it does do is allow these predators to move state to state without having to apply for permission to practice or to appear in a court or anything else. It, it, it basically free roam. That's what it does. And this is, whether anybody likes it or not, based on Florida's recent law that says specifically that they may go into other states and even foreign countries to retrieve your assets and you. If you spend Three days in Florida and access any service of any kind, like getting your toenails clipped, they claim they have jurisdiction over you. They can follow you to your home state, bring you back, and the game is on. Uniform laws. Marty, I've read, Marty, yeah, I've read that law many times. Yep. And the thing is yep. that what the law does is it uh, – 
protects you from that. You have to have been, lived, been a resident of Florida or any state for at least six months, have an address there uh, and all that, or they cannot put you under guardianship. They cannot put you under guardianship if you've been there three days. They can put you under, probably under a temporary quick guardianship. Yeah. before that protection, no, wait, before they had that protection that you had a state of residence, they could keep you. That's what happened to Beverly Newman. I don't think now they could right. do that to her dad. Her dad just showed yeah. up in Florida. I'm just not sure of her case well enough. But yeah. no, you have to be a resident for at least six months before the, that state has jurisdiction over you. Well, see, I'm going to have to argue that with you um, because the, the residency law in every state is 180 days. And um, uh, that's all you need as far as changing residency or establishing residency. But that law specifically said if you were there for 72 hours and accessed any service, and like I say, that meant getting your toenails clipped, whatever, they could come after you. And then this uniform law followed that. And see, none of this stuff happens independently, if you know what I'm saying. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like watching dominoes fall. The plan's in place. They just need the opportunity. So one domino falls, and then the next falls, and the next falls, and you just, people looking from the outside think, oh, Jesus, what a coincidence. But it isn't. It was part of a plan. It was planned to go exactly the way it did. But, um, I mean, we've got a difference of opinion on this, and I think that's good. Uh, because as yeah. long as there's a difference yeah. of opinion, we'll keep talking. And, um, right. And I think exactly. that's more important than anything. So, but, and, I, and I'm still your friend, and I still like you. I and, know, I know. <laughs> we disagree on this. Well, Elaine disagrees with you sometimes, too. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, me and Elaine get into it, pull each other's hair. Um, but it, I know <laughs> it. I know but, it. But uh, it changes nothing. I'd still defend her to the death. And, um, well, I mean, it's the state. It's interesting what you say about the state law that if you're there for a certain amount of days, you are a resident. Yes. Whereas in this thing, it says six months. Um, I guess mm-hmm. that could. I don't know. So here, this is what yes. it says. This is the actual bill. I'm looking at it. Home state means the state in which the respondent was physically present including any period of temporary absence for at least six consecutive months immediately before the filing of a petition for incapacity guardianship or similar petition. That seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see what, you know, I mean, it's got to be six yeah. months. So they can't. So so that's what it says. I don't know, maybe... Uh, uh, that's that's still, what um, initially what it said, because I have the copy of the bill, initially what oh, it do? said was three yes, three days, uh, 72 hours. Oh, wow. And if you access wow. any service, and that's what it says, if you accessed any service, they could, they could snatch you. And, uh, well, that's no, longer, that's no longer the case. That's yeah. no longer in this bill. But, um, you know, the, the, the whole point to all of this is, though, Marcia, they're making plans on how to kidnap people. They're they're trying to make yeah. People... I mean, it, it, 
It's yeah. trying to make it legitimate just to, yes. to uh, you know, it's trying to make these things legit. And I don't know, I mean, there are some people who need, need help, but I don't understand why, I still don't understand why you won't, wouldn't have rights under that. Right. That you, they can help you, but they can't just take you over. I still, I've argued with Elaine about this too. Elaine, by the way, is the uh, president of National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. And, you know, we both are, are very interested in the changes in various statutes and things. And, you know, I don't think it's hopeless, but I think the problem is that there's so much lobbying against every single little change yes. that you just know that there are lawyers in there tinkering around with it to try to keep it on their side, you know, to keep yeah. their lucrative positions going. And so it's tough. It's an uphill battle, but I still think, I think, I think the more, oh, I found out something today about New Mexico, and I think this is true in other states, that if you want to avoid guardianship, and let's say your mom or dad or lives mainly off of, of uh, Social Security or uh, veteran stuff, you can, without going to court, um, have your doctor, have your dad's or mom's doctor uh, show them that your mom or dad is incapacitated and you can be appointed as a representative payee and take over those funds on their behalf without having to go through court and have them put under guardianship. I didn't actually okay. know that. I mean, I should have known I that. I didn't either. I should have I known didn't that. either. But well, um, you that's know, a good, that's one way. Yeah. So there, uh, the, there are the, ways to avoid whole, it. There is, and see, another thing that has bothered me chronically through all of this is you go to, one of two things has to happen here. These law firms that are selling estate plans, I've talked repeatedly about the one I attended, the seminar, about avoiding guardianship and conservatorship. And you go in, you pay these people an exorbitant amount of money to create all these forms, POAs, trusts, wills, um, you know, the whole nine yards, set up your funeral plans, and yet they aren't worth the paper they're written on. Because a total yeah. stranger can drag you into probate, and that judge will throw those papers right out like they were nothing, yeah. which apparently they are. So either the probate yeah. judge is acting arbitrarily, or the attorneys that sold you this estate plan were acting under a known fraud. Now, which way is it? Well, I believe I, I'm pretty sure that, unfortunately. The Uniform Law Commission back in 2006, I'm pretty sure that they made it so that when you got a guardian, that supersede, automatically superseded your, your papers. Now why they're trying should it, to undo that. Yeah, why it's should crazy. It? Why should, yes, it if, if, even if you were appointed a guardian, what their, their main job should be was making sure you are secured under those papers that what you wanted, what you had planned – was yes. done. Yes. And, and they are, the exact Yeah. They're still trying to change that. Um, you know, in New Mexico, supposedly, those papers take precedence and everything. But that, again, the judge can always say, the person who's the power of attorney is bogus. We don't want Marcia taking care of her mom, mom's uh, power of attorney, even though mom wants that. 
you know, they can they can argue whatever they want. Yeah. That's the problem. Yes. And I don't Cause know. He, um, I was just going to tell. Cause jump in here. Speak up. Say something. Oh my gosh! I'm just. I mean, there's a part of me that feels hopeful, and then another part of me that's just feeling annoyed, and I. I don't know what to think, but it's just such good information. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think uh, I, again, and I've, I've said this before, is to really get, get the criminal statutes up to date. So it's a crime. I came across, and I don't know when this case was. This was in Texas, where a guardian who had stolen all this money argued that they couldn't be prosecuted because they had what the, the equivalent equivalence of judicial immunity well that's yep. not true of course but they had to actually the, the court actually had to argue against that because the person wasn't doing that's how they came up with this thing uh you know as long as the guardian is working within the boundaries of their job they have immunity but this you know but then then yeah, now yeah. of course if they feel they can get prosecuted problem is that we, the judges do not send the the uh, crimes over the. They don't uh, send over this stuff to the criminal courts. They just sort of say, "Oh, right. pay it back," you know, whatever, right? Yeah, I think well, the judges they're on it, and I just think of like, for example, the guardian that Harvey had. She is also an RN nurse, so we filed. I mean, we have all of three thousand pages of medical records, and there's. I mean, I would. There is so much stuff in there, but I think one of the worst things is when she basically told a nurse that she was the actual daughter of Harvey. Oh wow! I have I have that medical record. I mean, it, it's just it's just fraud. It's just I, I mean, they they don't know bounds to their lying, and it's right. deceitful. And so when we filed on her nursing license they wouldn't respond to it because they said, well, she wasn't acting as a nurse. She was in guardianship mode. So, therefore, everything that was done, yeah, yeah, because, you know, yep, she wouldn't let Harvey have, she wouldn't let him have his hearing aids, his teeth, or his um, glasses. I mean, to me, a basic nursing person should understand that these are the items that you need. And I, I have the record to prove, I know these potholes are listening and, you know, but Diane Zabowski, Harvey's court appointed attorney says, says to everybody and to the judge and to Deb, well, you were actually, you know, the witnesses are really upset that Harvey doesn't have his glasses, his dentures or his hearing aids, but you're concerned with the more important thing. This is what these guardians were saying, and the judge is so right awful. there licking it all up. It, like, yeah. well, and yeah. then we're filing on a nursing license. I mean, they just they they win. They are living their best life. They win. I don't know. I'm still waiting to find out what's more important than your glasses, your hearing aids, and your dentures. Well, I don't yeah. know. Right. Could could someone answer that question for me? I'm yeah, waiting. Yeah, exactly. I've been waiting 15 years for that answer. I haven't figured it out yet. There are, lots, there are lots of stories like that. I know one of our board yeah. members. Um, she, her mom, didn't. She wanted her mom to have a TV in her room, and they refused for a long time. Yeah. To let her mother, who was really restricted, yeah. 
you know, and they were also restricting the visits and all that, and she couldn't even have a television. You know, I mean, that's I mean, just yeah. I think I think it's torture, really. It's kind of a well, isolation. It is. It is. Well, they're, they're finding it's medically much more. proven. It is medically right, proven right. that right. when the elderly are isolated like this, that their health deteriorates and they end up dying earlier. That's like murder. That's like yeah, mortality rate. I mean, and health. Yeah, and, they're and doing it on purpose. Social. Yeah, now they know that uh, the feeling of belonging to a family, to a group, to a is hugely important to well-being. And so mm-hmm. I can't help but think the science, now that the science is really getting more and more um, uh, clear on this topic, I mean, a lot's been done in the last few years with the physiology of it and the neurology, right? Yeah. We've really gone into the neurological uh component that that might change things somewhat i think i think attitudes just have to change i mean the whole thing is so it's so prejudiced against um the elderly and disabled it's it's crazy you know i kind of thought i kind of thought things were better but you know when you look at these cases you realize it's a lot worse this is reverend ralph yeah oh go ahead reverend Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, what you were just describing as far as uh, not allowing them to have glasses or dentures or hearing aids and all, doesn't that fall under elder abuse? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, again, uh, I mean, that's a criminal act. Uh, yeah. I would think uh, the district attorney would, would go after that type of situation. Yeah, not in judge out court. Or what they're saying you know, now, uh, what a lot of these courts are saying now in order to protect these guardians is that because they are officers of the court, they have immunity. Um, and they're actually running with this, that uh, as long as you can say you're an officer of the court, um, you have immunity. Yeah, and you're doing this for a reason. They're t- Usually yes. the reason would be it's too expensive. This person does not have the funds to cover this or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. And um, so, so they're, we have they're to preserve finding, the asset. Yes. And they're finding all kinds of ways around this to keep these people from getting prosecuted. And every once in a while you get an April Parks, you get these two ladies you're talking about there in New Mexico. Yeah. And the thing is it has to be so egregious – it has to be so bad that they can't yeah. hide it any. And um, you well, just makes you wonder: Do they sing? They, yeah, go ahead. In, in New go Mexico, ahead. these two ladies, these, their their employees, a couple of their employees, went to the feds, I think, and said, "Look, this is what's going on here." And uh, or they went to the cops, somebody, and uh, that's how they got caught. But the other thing I think really played into it is that cases where Social Security and the IRS and uh, are involved, let's say there's fraud there, then they can really get nailed. That's when the feds really get in there. If Social Security has been misused, look at Karen Turk. She, she cashed a check, her mother's Social Security check, to protect it from the guardian and to pay for help to have her mom, because her mom wasn't getting nursing care, the proper nursing care, so she cashed that check 
to pay a private nurse to come and be with her mom, and they she went to jail for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Yeah, and the guardian claimed, and the guardian, the guardian claimed, oh, she's using it to for her high lifestyle. You know, she, yeah. uh, it was, it was something like seventeen thousand, no, yeah, seventeen thousand dollars to support her lavish lifestyle. So I wrote on her page when I heard this story, I said, what did she do? Buy half a Taurus, Ford Taurus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing in all of this. Oh, go ahead, Reverend. Sorry. Um, A minute ago you were talking about banks and how they can take money and so forth. In Pennsylvania, uh, if a bank is involved in any type of uh, litigation, civil litigation uh, of somebody, if they do any work for somebody like Xeroxing their bank statements or whatever, they can deduct that from the person's bank account without even telling them. Because when they open up a bank account, people have to sign all these papers, and they don't realize all that fine print they just think is just mumbo-jumbo. But they don't realize buried within that, they are giving the bank permission that if uh, they get sued or, I mean, if that person gets sued or any type of legal action, if the bank has to do anything pertaining to that, uh, just like I said, Xeroxing documents, whatever, they can take that money out, whatever they decide their time was worth, they can deduct it from the person's bank account, and that could be thousands and thousands of dollars. So that's not a business expense at their end. It's what they can take from that person's account in order to pay themselves for that time. I mean, that's ridiculous to be able to steal money like that, and people don't realize it. Yeah. I didn't know that. I have a comment here uh, that came in. It says we are herd animals, and and that is very true. Uh, one of the things really that uh, I found found out <clears throat> was when I ran across that I think it's Bernstein uh, rules for torture, and it, it's just the playbook, play by play, of what they do to see the elderly and guardianship, and you'd go to the Human Rights Commission Convention on Torture. The first thing listed is isolation, is torture, and yet this is done to these people every day. The psychological effect, uh, they wither very quickly. Uh, The Stockholm Syndrome, where they identify with their captors, and they basically are being held hostage. And we've had people told, you know, you better do what I tell you. You see, nobody else is here but me. And if you make me mad, I'll leave, and then you won't have anybody, and you'll be here all alone. So you better do what I tell you. And, of course, then they go along and uh, they'll even turn on their own family out of fear of losing this person that has threatened them so badly. Um, But the psychological effect is torture. It is torture. And it is done intentionally uh, to cause these people to mentally disintegrate. And then they can say, see, we told you they were compromised. We told you something was wrong. There wasn't anything wrong when they came there. But that this is allowed to go on. And this is what I said at the beginning of the show. I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all these senators and representatives and the governors and the president and the DOJ and the FBI and the Health and Human Services and the rest of these people that are drawing big, fat, freaking paychecks 
sitting on their asses and doing nothing while this scam runs wide open right in everybody's face. They won't do a thing to fix it. If we do get a bill that looks like it could have some teeth, the Bar Association runs in and starts dumping campaign funds into their campaign war chests uh, in the hundreds of thousands. The College of Probate Judges, same thing. The Guardianship Association, same thing. All these people that have a vested interest in keeping this system going the way that it is because they are getting rich off of doing it. It, there's like there is no consideration for the misery and torment they are causing not only the victim but the extended family. There is nothing worse than someone having control of one of your family members, one of your loved ones, and you know they're being mistreated and you can't do a damn thing about it. You can't save them. You can't, if you even go in and try to rescue them, you'll be arrested regardless of how badly they're being mistreated. And you'll be arrested, you'll be charged, you'll go to court. But the person who was the perpetrator who caused all of this will go get in their damn rocket car and drive on home. They're, yeah, and their Mercedes that they... Yes. And, well, uh, I, I, do my, think, I, do, go ahead. I do think that the top echelons, of, you know, just like the top doctors, really good doctors, do give a shit about their patients. And I know... I know that there are reformers in the ABA and the National Guardianship Association and all that who really do care. They really are trying. I've seen them do it. I mean, I've been to their – I was on the a delegate at the uh, fourth National Guardianship Summit, Adult Guardianship Summit, and they really are trying to get these reforms through. But the problem is there are lots of people in their own ranks down below – One judge actually described this. He said, you know, the rural judges in our area, you know, they just are, they're like thugs. You know what I mean? So so there are good people that are trying. They really are. I wish everybody would believe that. I know they don't, but I I really do believe that. Marsha, I've said for, you know, I keep hearing this thing all these years. Well, you know, not all guardians are bad. Bring me one. I know. We'll we'll do a celebratory show on them. We'll, you know, print their name in stone. Just one. I've yet to get that name. I've yet to get that name of one good guardian. Now, yeah, well, I the problem is to, get, to really yeah. get good guardian. I mean, you can be Susan Harris, the head of this uh, company that stole. 11 million bucks and come before a Supreme Court and say you're a good guardian. And so the problem is if you find a good guardian, they would have to bring in uh, 20 years of audits for me to believe it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. In other words, you'd have to have some real solid proof. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, it, it's just, just a matter of a good guardian it basically would entail someone who, yes, you needed to be in a home. You encourage the family to be there with them. You make sure they yes. have everything that they need. Um, you make sure they're not being abused, overdrugged, and all of this stuff, that they have adequate yeah. food, that they're clean. This would be a good guardian, that you're managing their money. You're paying their bills. And yeah, yeah the rest of their money is left sitting in there. But that person isn't out there. 
I've, I've concluded no. that person is not out there. There is something so sick in all of this that these people immediately, immediately revert to this abusive, masochistic, sadistic way of, of doing things. It's like the absolute worst in humanity comes out in these people, and it's like they cannot hurt these people enough. It's never enough. Well, you think, let me ask you a question. Speaking of the bad, the really bad guardians that we all know about, I mean, these people are really scum of the earth. Do you think, for example, with this Susan Harris lady, did she start out to want to do a good thing, or did she start out wanting to rob people? That's what yeah, I can't figure out. Did she look into did she look into becoming a did she look into becoming a guardian to exploit people because she realized the laws were so slack and she had a whole bunch of power and therefore she could just do whatever heck she wanted, knowing there'd be no oversight? Or was it uh-huh. that she started out good and then gradually fell into it because of opportunity? Is this yeah. a crime of There's opportunity or or is it a crime of just being a, well, you got to be a pretty shitty person to steal $11 million from people. I mean, really. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. But, and does the yeah. profession attract the wrong people? Does it attract the evil people? Or does it cause so. them to fall into theft? I just don't understand. I can't quite yeah. get I, my head around I it. Think it's, I think it's a combination of both. And a lot of people are attracted to it because its own public track record says you can do anything and you're yeah. not going to get held accountable. And so you have people who naturally bend towards uh, the negative, you know, uh, that bend towards doing things. That, you know, you've met people yourself. They'll expend a hundred times the energy doing something wrong than if they just did it right to begin with. But they don't, that yeah. isn't where the alert is. That isn't where the thrill is. It's in the doing it wrong that attracts yeah. them. And yeah. I think it's the same thing here. But why, and you know, I keep asking this question, why, if you have estate plans in place, should a probate examiner, that's not a judge, that is not the law you're dealing with, this is nobody trained in the law, why should they be able to discard those pre-standing legal agreements? And if there is a question to their validity... Get it into civil court at the state level under the law and examine it that way. But the idea that these people are allowed to discard these arrangements that people make in good good faith and hand everything over to total strangers who have no interest in anything other than how much money is going to go in their bank account, this has got to stop. Part it's of the got to is, stop. I think yeah. the reason it originated that courts could do that, you know, uh, was because, you know, p- power of attorney abuse is so is so rampant. In other words, people who have power of attorney can just take from the elder, you know, they just steal. And so they call power of attorney, they have called it in the past, a license to steal. So I think what happened was, this is just a guess, is that they wanted to they threw them out in case that exploitation you know was going to continue. They let's say somebody ended up in court in the first place because 
one family member found another family member had abused power of attorney. That's often what happens, right? Well, in that yeah. case, you would probably want the court to be able to change that power of attorney to get rid of that person. And without the ability she, to do that, you would still be stuck with this theft. So yeah, but she, I think there that again, was the intent. Yeah, there again, you do that in a civil court. Bring your evidence. Prove right. that he who claims must prove. Bring your evidence right. and let the court decide based on the law, not on somebody's, yeah. well, I feel like, well, in my interpretation, I don't care about your interpretation. What is the law? The law doesn't yeah, apply here. An investiga- yeah, there has to be a really yeah. good investigation and all that. So This is yeah. Reverend Ralph. Gonna... Yes. Okay, sorry. Um, I did criminal investigations for 41 years. And as you know, and most people know, I was in prison for a week uh, last December because I was exposing this scam on a very much loved person that I know. And as far as why do these people do it, again, whether it's burglary, robbery, uh, murdering somebody just for their cell phone, it's that fine line between right and wrong, whether... Uh, $20 is enough to kill somebody, or if it's $100,000 that somebody has, that they simply believe, and again, I was in prison for a week in general population because of my exposing this, uh, that's legal guardianship corruption on this much-loved person. They, these people in prison just think it's okay to do. They just don't yeah. care. They come out, their belief is they are number one, and they think if somebody has something, well, they have a better reason to have it. And, yeah. again, burglars have this belief that, well, they're doing the homeowner a favor because if they steal his TV, he's going to get a brand-new TV from his insurance company. So this is how they just yeah. justify things. And, again, Let's face it, uh, these Wall Street uh, people back in the 80s, Ivan Bosky and all, who stole hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Bernie Madoff, who stole $63 billion. It's never enough. Whatever they can take, it's never enough. They have to have more. And, again, it's, it's all about greed. And it's just not for money. It can be also uh, men that rape women they don't have to rape her they don't have to destroy her life forever it's just they feel that way uh, yeah. that they think they're entitled to it now in Pennsylvania about 12 years ago there were two state judges that went to prison they're still in prison for about 20 years oh, cash for kids. Cash for that's kids. exactly it and yeah. they did not uh, as I found out I, or somebody told me they were not prosecuted by the state they were prosecuted by the IRS for evading taxes. That's why they're in jail yeah. for 20 years. So, again, sending thousands and thousands of children to, to a private prison just because they spit on a sidewalk or chewed gum in class, these children had their lives ruined, and they're never going to get that back. And this is where these judges just thought, well, Money, a condo in Florida, was what they wanted, mm-hmm. and they just didn't care. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, awful. Yeah, awful. Yeah. It's... Well, you know, here's an, here's another addition to the case of uh, Ayudando that you'll be interested in. You know, of course, they had all these um, these two companies, Desert State and Ayudando, 
had all these wards that had to now be taken care of, right? What are they going to do with the wards? So they gave them to another company. I couldn't find the name of this company. And what that company did was open an account for each ward, and Wells Fargo at that time was giving you $400 to open an account, right? Well, instead of putting that into the um, ward's account, they stole $400 from all these accounts and stole 50000 that way. How about that? Oh, this God. is after these boards have already been ripped off once. Wow. Gee, many Christmas. I mean, yeah. talk about insane. I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I, it's just so awful. I, I just, I don't know. But isn't that yeah. terrible? That's another. To be ripped off not once, but twice. You yeah. know, first of it, all, yeah. let's say let's say you're in a guardianship because you were abused. Let's say you really were abused and you were put in a guardianship and then you're abused. And then you get another guardian and then they abuse you. It's just like a never ending hell. It just I I that this is what gets me. I keep saying we we're being conquered by ghouls. These these people yeah. are grave robbers. Uh, these yeah, are the, the stuff body brokers are after. Yeah, the body brokers. Um, I sent you an article, Marsha. I don't know if you got to it oh, or you not. Did? Yeah, about that fellow that they declared dead. Kept him on life support for three days. They were going to harvest his organs, and he was alive. Uh, oh, no. By the hair of his chinny chin chin. Uh, but this is another thing, another part of this. And like I say, the more I look into this, and the more you have revealed. This yeah. is the coup de bras. This is the uh, icing on the cake. They kidnap you, really isolate you, medicate you, torment you, abuse you, steal from you, ultimately kill you, and then make money off your dead body. Yeah, yep. they make money off you. It's just so yeah. gross. That company, that company, Science Care, that makes $27 million a year off body parts. Yeah. You know, going to funeral yep. homes and making arrangements with families to, oh, we'll, we'll uh, cremate your loved one for free. Just give us the body for science. And yeah. And they send out parts and make, they lease yep. parts, send them out. You know, they get it back, they lose somebody else. Your head goes to Tennessee, comes back, then it goes to Iowa and yep. to some dentist convention. You know, it's you <laughs> we're we're at the top of the hour here, and I think what we're gonna do um, is time for a hog report. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, wait, uh-huh. cause all right. No Okay, yes. so this I feel like this hog report is going to really fit in good with the topic today. And it, I was in, I was inspired by uh, an event that happened. This is what inspired me to do this hog report. So I've been getting these phone calls lately and they'll be like, you know, this is this is social security on a recorded line returning your phone call. Well, I never called social security. These calls, you know, are to rip to rip me off or, you know, to do something. But here's the thing. The person making the phone call, very nice, very nice, very charming. Mm-hmm. They're there 
you know, to be my best buddy. And, and it got me thinking, like, you know, that's like a glory hog. And then I just, you know, I'm driving to work, and it just, I went into deep thinking. And Reverend Ralph is just going to be so proud of me that I went, I went this far. And I went all the way back to in the beginning. I am going to tell the story of the mother of all glory hogs. And these glory hogs emulate this mother of all glory hogs. Are you ready for this story? This is an ancient story that is told in many religions. Once upon a time, there was a woman named Eve and Eve lived in a beautiful garden and there was, you know, she had Adam, her husband, but there was also this friend, you know, that hung out with Eve in the garden and Eve thought this was her friend and this, this person was described as beautiful and so with her eyes she saw this charismatic beautiful friend that hung out with her in the garden but what she didn't realize is this this friend was the ultimate glory hawk like takes the cake father of all glory hawks this friend didn't really care about Eve, but Eve didn't know that. Eve thought this was her friend. And see, this is the danger of coming close to a glory hog because Eve didn't recognize the glory hog for being the glory hog that he was. She really thought, this is like my friend, we're hanging out, my friend cares about me, my friend, you know. But, you know, if you know the story, the glory hog friend actually influences Eve to make a bad decision that not only destroyed Eve, but destroyed everyone around Eve because the glory hog came along and then made an influence. And the glory hog in these stories, the glory hog is evil. And this is when you really think about it. These glory hogs are downright evil because that is the ultimate glory hog. And if you really like study religion, this glory hog basically wants to have all the glory over, you know, his creator. He wants to be king number one glory hog. And and when I really thought about it, it really made me realize there is a warning that we have been given for thousands of years. And it's really a warning against glory hogs because Eve <laughs> fell for it. She fell for the glory hog. And the glory hog destroyed her. And the glory hog destroyed everyone around her. And we need to be careful. We need to be so careful because these glory hogs are not just, you know, that mother of glory hog, but there's like the offspring of that glory hog. And there are these little minion glory hogs, little sub-glory hogs. And they're weaseling their way, destroying people. And they're doing the same tactic. It's the same tactic from the beginning of time. Charismatic, lovable, wonderful. But they're going to get close to you, and they're going to act like they're your friend. And you're going to look at the glory hog, and you're going to go, well, this glory hog, this person, you know, it's so wonderful and sweet to me. And they're going to put all their focus on you, and you're just going to think they're so wonderful. But they have an intention. And their intention is to destroy you and destroy everyone around you. And they don't really care. You are only a pawn in the bigger picture for them to get glory. And that is my hog report of the day. And if anyone doesn't, didn't catch 
who this glory hog is I'm talking about. It's like Satan, the devil, who came as a serpent in the Garden of Eden and basically, you know, set off the fall of man. And so as we talk about these evil people that we've been talking about and glory hogs, this is just (laughs) such a picture that we should pay attention. It's a warning that's been given to us for thousands of years, and we still haven't figured it out, and we still haven't heeded this warning. And my biggest, my biggest warning today is beware of the glory hog because they are evil and they seek to destroy you. I got a I got a um, a comment here about how are we supposed to know if we run into a glory hog? And there's several telltale signs of someone who's in who appears to be interested in what you're interested in, devoted to what you're devoted to, but really not. They just see it as a vehicle to promote themselves. And um, when you get close enough to question them. Uh, things yeah. will begin changing. Who they say they are will change. Uh, let's say, for instance, where they work, that will change. Um, what what their vocation is will change. Things keep changing as they try to accommodate you to keep you involved. So watch for this they ever-changing. Yeah. Yes, this ever-changing. And when you think of yeah, yeah, the resume. original glory hog, Yeah, the original glory hog is actually called the father of lies. And so these glory hogs that are just lying, changing up their resume, saying they're a lawyer, saying they're a CEO, say, oh, I mean, whatever crap they want to tell you that they are, that they basically, you know, if you follow some of these, you know, ancient religions, these are the offspring of Satan, that they are his children, they are influenced by him. And these these glory hogs are just pure evil. And Eve knew, if you really study that story, she knew that what she was about to do was wrong, but the glory hog was there encouraging her, telling her, you know, trust me, trust me, trust me. I think deep down in our gut, when we get close enough to one, we're going to, if there's a little glimmer of questioning, that is something that is the red flag that you should really pay attention to. And if a few people even are warning you about somebody that they say is a glory hog or someone that you shouldn't be around and you don't heed that warning, watch out. You should watch out because you're probably next. I I got, Oh God, I got another message here that says, so uh, miss smarty pants. Well, thank you. Um, what are your credentials? Well, I only have one. It's called No BS. End of story. <laughs> um, so take that one to the bank and hang it on your wall. And uh, But uh, I just am who I am, period. And And by the way, the people running these investigations on me, trying to get something on me, I hope you're not paying for them. I truly do. I know that you are in some cases. But it's pointless. There is absolutely nothing. I have never even had a parking ticket. And I know that's got to be terribly disappointing, especially to some, like some people out there that have done this, have two sealed felonies on their record. 
you mind talking about those? Uh, but there is nothing. But you go ahead and you investigate me. Uh, I got nothing to hide. There is nothing to hide. And um, I'm good. I'm good. Like I say, Justin, I'm going to start signing things that way. That's that's my credential. People, you know, like to recite, I got a degree in this and a BS in that and a BS in something else and an ACD yep, and a yep. bunch I got a no BS. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> this is no, Reverend uh, Ralph. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about a few minutes ago about body parts in these funeral homes selling body parts. Uh, about 12, 15 years ago, uh, I was exposing these animal shelters in Pennsylvania for their uh, – they, they were worth millions of dollars, and yet they were killing dogs needlessly instead of giving them to rescues. And one of the things I found out about was uh, – and veterinarians are uh, part of this problem – when a person takes their pet dog or cat – uh, to the vets and they have it put down, put to sleep because it's sick and so forth. These veterinarians and SPCAs, they sell the dead bodies to these dog food processors yeah. and they recycle, they recycle the bodies into dog food. Now what's, yeah. what's harmful, what's oh, disgusting, wow. number one, it's, you know, it's somebody's pet that they're just reselling for profit. But also, uh-huh. this the stuff, the uh, the fluid, whatever is that is used to kill the pet, that does not break down in recycling. So what happens is that stuff that kills the pet to start with is now has been added into dog food, which explains yes. why dogs will get sick and die earlier because of this poor quality dog food. Right. So that's something, again, but, you know, it's... What Marty, what you were talking about, how these people profit off of people's body parts, they even go down to the point of dogs and cats uh, yes. to make money, you know, these dog processors. Also, before I forget, if anybody is interested in contacting me with their problems or whatever, I have a website. It's protectmyparents.us, protectmyparents.us. So there's a contact section uh, I have heard from some people with problems that it's un- it's just a shame what they're going through. But if you have yeah. something, call me or email me, and I'll for I'll take that information. And if you want to be on this radio show, uh, I'll pass the information on along to Marty or Cause. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, Reverend. The first time I heard of this thing of about with the pets was in. Um, it was some years ago when everybody was buying underground bunkers because, you know, uh, it was after 911 and people were buying it. Like, who in the hell would go down in a hole and think they're going to be safe is beyond me, but that's an old other thing. But here it was discovered on the north end of Los Angeles was this huge rendering plant, and it showed piles of roadkill, dead dogs and cats and other animals piled up and you're absolutely right they take these dead carcasses they cook them down into a mush they extrude them make a pellet out of them and this is added to dog food now if you go into your grocery store and you see like dog treats that are in a yellow package pass by those things because if you look at them through under a microscope you'll see hair sticking up out of them 
Um, but yes, would they recycle all these dead animals? They they don't cremate them. They don't bury them. They cook wow. them. This is um, you know, and and I'm telling you, we're we're getting to the point. We're going to do that with people. Telling you that soil yep. and green is yep. becoming a yep. reality. They I was are just going to say that. that with so, El, uh, yes. So, uh, Marty, here, Marty, here's an article yes. from Newsweek. This is from Newsweek. Dog food mm-hmm. recall. This was in yes. 2018. Dog food recall. FDA finds deadly pet euthanasia in several common mm-hmm. brands. Oh, yeah. yep. Gosh. Isn't that awful? Uh, well, oh. I lost. I lost my dog of, I'd had him uh, 13 years. He was in very good health, but I knew he was getting older. So I thought I needed to feed him something besides table scraps and this and that and something else. I bought him Beneful. Within two weeks, my dog was blind. He couldn't find his way around. He was totally disoriented. Yeah. And anyway, a week after that, I had to have him put down. And when I, the vet said, I know how this dog was taken care of. What happened here? Have you changed anything? And I said, only his food. What I had noticed was he wouldn't go near the dish after about two weeks. If there was even one of those kibbles in his dish, he'd back up and start growling. I was cooking him rice and chicken and wow. he'd gobble up. <laughs> but by the time we figured out what was wrong, he was uh, had tumors all over in his body, and it was from beneficial dog food. But... Um, I like say I don't think we are too far from doing this with human beings, and I'm not so sure we aren't doing it already. Um, they are mm-hmm. using human diploid cells in every condiment out there, your mayonnaise, your mustard, your ketchup, and everything taken from aborted babies uh, to make it taste better on your tongue. Even Nestle and Aquafina waters have human diploid cells in it, so it's more palatable when you drink it. Um We've it, 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 vaccines loaded, loaded with human diploid cells uh, taken from aborted babies. All of these things that are going on, this, this, whatever this is, it's like the stuff of nightmares. And all of this is before I'm already getting, oh, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Like, yeah, uh-huh. um, this stuff is all easily verifiable. It's all easily researchable. Uh, do your own. Don't sit and call me names and how stupid I get on that keyboard and do a little bit of work for a change. And um, you'll find your whole aspect, your whole view on life changes uh, once you do your own research. That doesn't make me a conspiracy theorist. It makes me a conspiracy analyst. I'll take that title. Thank you. But uh, I'd like to say, I don't think we're too far off. This thing of selling body parts, and Marcia, you've done such a tremendous amount of research and background information on this. We've done the shows on it. I hope to do more. Yeah. But I think I think there is more out there that has you haven't discovered yet. And I think we are at yeah, the breaking point. Uh, this thing with the food supply, uh, you go in your stores, there's empty shelves, empty shelves, empty shelves. Uh, We've got Bill Gates buying up farmland all over the place because he wants everything produced in a lab. Uh, I don't think so. And um, we got Australia, uh, the state of Victoria, trying to outlaw growing your own food. 
They're going to bring that here. I want you all to watch for that. Uh, out in the state of Washington, instead of burying people in a normal funeral, you can have them put in a big burlap bag with dirt and plant a tree in there with them so that them dying does some good. Um, we've got these hey, other I things like going that. where I'm they sorry. are using a, a solvent. Yeah, don't worry, I'll get you later. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> but they got this thing now where they put this solvent on the human body and dissolve it and add that to the sewage system. And that is sold as fertilizer that goes on the field, the food you eat. Uh, listen to me, this, we are, we are entering a dangerous, dangerous time and everything that we know or believe is about to change. And it's been changing only we didn't know it. We didn't realize it. We weren't looking for it. You need to start looking um, because of this obliteration, this eradication of the elderly, the useless cedars, the people they can't get any more mm-hmm. out of. When our own government refers to us as human capital as opposed to what kind of capital? Human capital. Yeah. We've got a problem when you have to go to human services instead of the personnel department. What other services are you offering besides human services? Uh, the the clues have all been there, and they seem innocuous. But what they're telling us is we have no value, and the only value we do have is in the possessions we might have, our investments, our cash, and they want it. They want it. And the, but the value on human life. I'm going to say one more thing here. No offense, Reverend Ralph, but I swear, one more church. I can't tell you how many over the years I have contacted and said a member of your congregation has been kidnapped under this system. They need your support and your help. You need to show up and and give them that support. So maybe these people, oh, we can't do that. That's political. No, that's humanitarian. No, that's political, and we might lose our tax-exempt status. Well, that's what's important, isn't it, your tax-exempt status? What about this congregation member of yours, your parishioner? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. Screw these churches. I am sick to death of these churches. They do nothing. They help nothing. And when you need them the most, they ain't there. So find some other way to work out your spirituality. I got a good idea. You just bow your head. And, well, actually, you're not supposed to do that. And if you read that book, you like to wave around. It says, "Don't assume the death pose, which is bowing your head and folding your hands." You're not supposed to do that. You're telling God what you want. You want to be dead. I don't. You're supposed to lift your face unto the Lord. So you need to lift your mm-hmm. face and ask the Lord to please strike down these predators. And, Thank you, um, yeah, <laughs> please do it. And uh, but it just—I—I I know I seem to be just on a tirade tonight, but I am just <laughs> so tired of all of this stuff. I'm so tired of of getting one Marty? shine job after another. What? Um, if what? anybody wants to read about the the human composting issue. There's a great yes. article in the New York Times called A Project to Turn Corpses into Compost. 
And it's in on April 13th, 2015 of the New York Times. And it's pretty creepy. It is, I have to admit. Uh, Yes. You 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 use the compost (laughs) in public parks. You know, they're suggesting uh, live, uh, you could, uh, let's see, where is this? Um, It's just nuts, you know. It's it's bad. <laughs> it is a foot. Yeah. That movement is a foot. Yes. Which is, yes. Uh, there ought to be yep. some lines drawn somewhere, somehow, yes. for some of these things. I right? think all the predators should have to live in some place like Siberia. And the rest right. of us should be, you know, uh, because this is quickly, it's like I keep telling people, there is a difference between these people and the normal human being. These are not normal human beings. And it is like dogs and wolves. They look alike. But one is a stone-cold yeah. person, and the other one yeah. is you know, lovable. Um, and that's the way you need it's to like, look at it. These are wolves. Um, it's like humans you, you, and glowhogs. Yeah. Marty, this is Reverend yes. Ralph. Uh, yes. uh, on your comment just a minute ago about the churches, I agree with you totally. I don't understand how we can have all these churches of all these different faiths, and yet you have people that need food, they need health care, yep. uh, they need their rent paid because now they're sick or something. Yep. There's no explanation on why all these churches with all their people are not helping those people, and the yes. money that the church is making, why isn't it being used to help these people? There exactly. is no excuse except it's business. And they're exactly. more they're more concerned about glorifying themselves with a bigger and bigger and bigger church and you yes. know fancier whatever and they'll put mm-hmm. missionaries in foreign countries to convert yes. to those people and yet they won't even help their own people in their own city or county. Exactly, and that's the thing too uh, that people don't understand about tithing. Tithing isn't given ten percent of your income to the church. Christ didn't belong to any church. Tithing is making sure ten percent of what you have goes back into the community to help the people who don't have, to help the widows and the orphans and you know the poor people. That's what it was for to make sure everybody was taken care of, not just some preacher and in some big building as you're talking about. Um, I could do two weeks worth of shows on what I think of churches and you wouldn't like none of it. Um, it just, I, I don't know. And when I see these people caught in these guardianships and these churches turning their backs and walking away, I just want to scream. I, I just want to scream what is wrong. I thought you said you believed in God and I thought you believed in this and that. Something, and you will not help this one person. I personally believe there is a special hell for every one of you that does this, I truly do, and um, and may the fires burn bright. Um, I <laughs> I don't know what happened to me tonight. Usually I try to uh, mind my tongue, so to speak. <laughs> um, Since when? But I'm tired, huh? <laughs> Since when? But you? <laughs> oh, I said <laughs> stop. <laughs> I think this is a, the, I think this is a fairly the, normal night for you. I just don't know what to do with you people. And um, I try to be nice all the time. But we got You're about two minutes left here. 
um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, Marcia. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward yep. to doing more shows on you with you. Sure, um, we'll do some more research. Body part things. We'll, yes. Yeah, we'll do some and, more research. Kazi, uh, uh, she's going to be doing two new shows on her own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what are you I doing? Know that because what you're going to be doing. All right, we will be. I but we will be debuting on the Marty Oakley radio program, so we'll uh, have it, uh, you know, sponsored by Marty. So would uh, never, I'd never go out solo because I'd fail. Uh, and it's we're gonna start. Uh, we have a professor here at, from University of Wisconsin, and we're thinking about doing the Hogs of History, and it's finding the little shysters hiding in the crevices of history and how their glory hog, their glory hog attitudes basically shaped our world that we live in today. And, you know, I was thinking of a saying, today is tomorrow's history. We're living it. Yes. And then um, because we might also do this one, but it's going to be a very more professional take on it because I have an outer space name we are going to probably once a month do a UFO program because I think it would be, I think, I think there's more to it than just conspiracy and craziness. There's actually a government cover up and we're going to scratch all over that because should we trust our government for all these things? No. So, yeah. A lot of exciting yeah, things coming up with more people who want to work with us and do more shows and more topics. So stay tuned. There you go. I'm going to take a call All real right. quick here. Um, area code 773. I was sorry to keep you on hold. You're live and on the air. Yes. Hello, everybody. This is Aldona. I would like to yes. edit uh, that I wrote, I wrote to Pope when my mom was under guardianship. And she could be safe, but they, they sent me a letter that they're praying for my mom. And my mom oh. is a very Catholic person, so am I. And I'm thinking right now, you son of a bitches, they could make one phone call <laughs> and my mom could be safe. So yeah. this is mafia that, uh, that uh, they worry about the uh, tax exempt. Exactly, yeah. they're not helping people. I am still mm-hmm. Catholic because I'm praying for myself. But uh, but I have different point of view on religion uh, like yeah. when it comes to religion help. And I would like to edit. Uh, I know we're talking about the judges constantly because they put the last uh, stamp on the paper under guardianship. But we should maybe go under uh, doctors also because when my yeah. mom was back and forth uh, from nursing to uh, to hospital. And doctors, how they call people under guardianship, they calling pipeline. Uh, so they know right. when someone got guardianship, what happened to them. And person, the doctor is treating 20 walked-in people in emergency, uh, emergency room, but they're killing 40 people under guardianship. So yes. it's either or. So I feel like we should go also by the doctors and, uh, and make maybe strikes to show people that something is wrong with this medical system uh, because, yes. of course, they, like, husband good, and wife in I- the bed, the judge and, and medical system. Good idea. Good idea. 
I'm sorry to say it, but we are out of time. Um, Aldana, thank you for calling in, and I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Um, everybody, uh, Reverend Ralph, Cos, Marcia, let's do this again. Thank you. And we'll, yes, okay. we will be back next week <laughs> with God knows what right. depends on the mood I'm in. Anyway, we'll talk to you all then. Good night, everybody. Okay. Good night. Bye. Good night.